welcome to welcome y'all just welcome hello how you doing i have on a favorite guest of mine my dear friend Ngazi. and with that because the election is in what four days wow so close so close so close this is gonna be the election day special then i guess um <laughs> <laughs> so much information for y'all um with that this is my dear friend Ngazi, and as you know she is just amazing uh, she moonlights as a mental health therapist. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Which is why she's especially qualified <laughs> for this episode. So with that, let's get to talking about this election and specifically Georgia. all of the, how do I put this delicately, um, the disenfranchised black males that decided to go for the Trump side of the equation. Yes. So, I'm not gonna lie. This is one of the things that has really bothered me the last four years. Mm. Because the base of the Democrat Party is black women. We know this. Right. And I feel like from the beginning we have been trying to get our black men more involved. Right? And I mean, I generally feel like black women are constantly having to do this a lot of this work and black men have been so disenfranchised. I mean, literally since slavery. Literally. And then um, all of the the felony stuff from yes, being in jail. Like, and then it's like, you can't vote now. It's like, mm, I can see why I was not in. Well, I was in jail, but I'm out now. Right. I'm still a citizen. Literally from like being counted as three-fifths. Like literally in the Constitution, being counted as three-fifths. So much against our black men. And then they kind of turn around and then disenfranchise themselves. Yeah. In that, you have the right to vote. Right, so you are a black man who has not gone to jail. You have nothing withholding your ability to register to vote and to actually cast a ballot. Um, besides the voter suppression that we all engage, like all have to temper with, and then you voluntarily choose not to vote, which is a separate thing. Then when you have the opportunity to vote, 13% of y'all went in that voting booth and voted for Donald Trump. Mm. Make it make sense. <laughs> make it make sense, please. I please. genuinely, like I see every time I think about that number, I'm like, help me understand. Why? <laughs> and now during this election cycle, I think it's coming out a little bit more as we see a lot of a lot of rappers come out in support of 45. Yes, because the numbers have gone from 13% four years ago to almost 18%. Okay, stop. I did not know that statistic, but stop it right yes. now. Stop it. So Just I'm stop. like, we've lost y'all somewhere. Somewhere, somehow. And so here's an argument I hear come up in the black community is just like, Biden, Kamala, or they constructed the laws that incarcerated so many black men. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Please do. Please take it down. So, me. off rip. Let's start with Biden, because he's top of the ticket, right? right? So, he is the top of the ticket. I think we need, we need to remember that, mm -hmm. right? Whereas you're, you're voting for, for Joe Biden. Um. Yeah, so look, Joe Biden's been in government for a long time. Anybody who has been in any institution for a long time is going to make mistakes. Right. Nobody is perfect. But something that Joe Biden actually said before the primaries even started, and Kamala co-signed onto it as well, because she did have to account for her criminal justice record when she was Attorney General of, of California, was that you make decisions based on the information you have at the time. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully, when you get new information, and I think, and I would hope for anybody. Anyone. You would then change your mind based on this new information. That's how it's supposed to work. I like to follow the model that my Angelus 
my aunt Lou said, when you know better, you do better. Exactly. When I know that I'm not supposed to take from that cookie jar, and my mama said no, you know what I did? It's like, I'm going to do it while you're not looking. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't take that cookie jar. But that's the thing. You know, in the time of the kind of the the 94 crime bill, which when I was a child. So, <laughs> I don't know how this crime bill affected me. Right. But the situation, my understanding when I've gone back and I have researched it, the situation there was very dire. Mm-hmm. Their crime was super high across the country, but especially in big cities. Murder, I mean, it's not just like little petty crimes. It was big crimes. Yeah. Murder, rape, like serious crimes. That everyone was trying to figure out, what do we do? And I think you also have to put into the context, too, of, and I don't know how it fits in, but Rodney King, the riots in 1992. Exactly. And and then not only that, but you have the rap culture, because this gets into the later discussion, you have the rap culture that, for instance, NWA and Ice Cube Mm -hmm. were involved in, where I imagine it really affected people they knew and in their circles, because Ice Cube was a young man back then. Right. I don't know about Lil Wayne, but... um, thing too like you know with ice cube i'm like you know rodney king was like that was that was your coming of age narrative like that's how you came up under all of this and i totally understand why especially black men are upset with that crime bill because that crime bill screwed your life over Mm -hmm. but like like you said when you know better you do better right people no one's listening to joe biden explain what happened next Right, and so he, at his ABC town hall, he explained how, at the time they wrote the bill, they weren't thinking about the unintended consequences of how states and local governments would enact the bill. Mm-hmm. And Kamala Harris mentioned this when she was addressing her um, criminal justice record as the Attorney General. As the Attorney General, she didn't write the law. Her job was to enforce the law. Mm-hmm. If y'all didn't want the, the law enforced the way she was enforcing it, shouldn't have written that law you know so it's like when we start looking everyone always thinks about just the federal level politics affects you most closely at the local level who is your mayor who is your sheriff who is your governor yeah who's writing your legislation for your states not only that but like who are you voting to be your tax commissioner or for example here in atlanta with rashard brooks Mm -hmm. rashard brooks being killed like who is the prosecuting attorney and all that exactly who are your district attorneys right and typically your district attorneys are appointed by your ag which you vote for right and so or you vote for district attorney and then like they have like assistant district attorneys sorry so like again all of these things matter so if you really were that concerned about the the touch of the criminal justice system in your life who did you vote for who did you vote for? You know, because... How did you affect change? Exactly. And we live in a country where technically, truth, you know, concern about it, or we have the ability to address our government and we have problems with them. Like, we do that by voting. We do that by writing the people who we did vote for and telling them, hey, I don't want you to vote for that anymore because that's their job. Like, they represent you. We live in a, you know, a republic. And so if their constituents say, don't vote for that, Hopefully, they should listen and not vote for that. And if you are somebody who is speaking to your representative and they're ignoring you, the next time they're up for re-election, don't vote for them. I think that's the biggest thing that people miss about our country is the fact that we are we are collectively states. States that, if you were to view it in the wider sense that I think a lot of people do, 
it's states that are basically countries acting in cohesion with each other, mm-hmm. and that's where you get the federal level. So it really does come down to the state level. And taking Georgia, for instance, because we both live in Georgia, and going down to the very local issue of Atlanta, for instance, with, with I just brought up Rashard Brooks. Yeah. The attorney who was the attorney at the time said there was this whole prosecution thing about like prosecuting the officers for Rashard mm-hmm. Brooks. Long story short, the voters spoke. They vote hit. They voted him out of office when it came time for a special election for him. Mm. So he is now out, and that is how the effect changed at the local yep. level. Speaking to the longer th- term thing of the senators, yep. Both of our senators are up because yep. one was put in by a special appointment, and then the other one is just due for a ne- natural election. And I don't know if you're paying attention, but it's taking over the airwaves of. David Perdue running away. Yes. David Perdue is obviously very scared of John Ossoff, which is hilarious to me. Right? Perdue, sweetie, don't you have all these years of experience? Aren't you the original outsider? The Why original outsider. Why are you scared outsider? of John? John is 30 something, baby. What, what you, what you scared of little boy for? And little boy is bringing you to task for not representing, really, Georgia. Georgia. And you don't. Like, you're not speaking for us. Right. And our actual needs across the board. You're speaking for yourself. And Leffler, the same thing. You don't give a damn about us down here. You're just there to line your pockets. And, and that's a problem. And that is what I think a lot of people need to remember going into vote is that they do work for you. And yep. they work for you. And if they're not voting in your interest, they're not supposed to be voting in their own interest. And like, I have to vote with my conscience, things like that. Like, no, it's like, what do my constituents say? And this ties back into the crime bill. Mm-hmm. And Biden and even Clinton, who signed that crime bill, Mm -hmm. said when they polled the country, because they do, they ask people, what is your opinion on this? Mm -hmm. What do you think we should do? Everyone said, we need a a strong crime bill. Nobody likes to live where they don't feel safe. Right. And they had support from the black community for this crime bill. They had support from black pastors for this crime bill. Because everyone agreed, we have to do something about crime and i really don't think uh, some people do i think when they think crime they think black people but everyone commits crime right black people we were disproportionately affected by this bill because of racism but the bill in and of itself did not specifically state if they're black send them to jail for this and if they're white no the crime side of this is the charge then these are the things you can do when and again this goes back to who are who is the one deciding what charges to bring as your da and who is the one deciding your sentencing? Your judges, which are also elected spots. Thank you for bringing so that up. So if you were voting for judges who were going to throw the book at every little petty crime, maybe y'all should think about voting them out. <laughs> if you're voting for DAs who are going to overcharge people, maybe think about not electing them again next time. Just an idea. Because the bill in and of itself, the laws in and of themselves, are not written in a way that says disenfranchise black people. The time when they were doing that is over. Right. We just have to understand how systemic racism impacts these things when they then go to enforce these laws. Which is why I think it's really important to hear a candidate on the ticket acknowledge that systemic racism has impacted the way we've done government for a long time. I think that's a big thing. Not only acknowledging it, but also saying, you know, my views have changed. I I did wrong. I know better. I'm going to do better. Because, you know, we don't hear from a certain 
person. Right, they never apologize. Never, ever. They, nothing they do is ever wrong. It's your fault. And that's weird. So weird. Because no one is perfect. You will make mistakes. You will do the wrong thing and make the wrong call. I think it's a very strong mark of a leader to acknowledge, yeah, I've that up. Yeah. You know. And again, but we say this in, in any other leadership avenue, right? When we're training leaders and we're talking about it, we say the same thing. When the plan fails, it's on the leader. When the plan succeeds, it's on the team. And yet, we're watching where things are failing, mm. and somebody says, I don't take responsibility. It's not my fault. So Whose much fault is it? Responsibility not being taken across the board. Mm. You know, and even if you kind of couch it, because I mean, I, I'd hear a lot of people say, well, like, he doesn't take full responsibility for the crime bill. Well, he, you know, he wasn't the only person who signed it. <laughs> so he can't take full responsibility. Right. And he's not the only person who enacted the bill. Like, but he take, he acknowledges that that bill had problems. That is, that, that's the most you can hope for, honestly, is to acknowledge that something that you stood for, that you put your signature on, had problems. And you recognize the impact of that. And you're not hiding from that. Like, you're not turning away from somebody telling you, a choice you made had a negative impact on my life. And looking at that pain, like looking that pain in the face. Yeah. That's important because a lot of people would try to be like, well, I didn't do it. It's not. No, you're, you sat in the room of people telling you how that bill you signed had a negative impact on their life over 30 years ago. And I think, and a lot of this has been brought up in Joe Biden's thing, is he is the empathizer, the great empathizer, yeah. where he wants to go around and. What I hear from a lot of what he's doing now in terms of the 94 bill is, how can I make this right? Yeah, that's how, how, that's how I see it, too. How can I make this right? Like, I acknowledge I did wrong in the past. How can I correct my mistake? That is accepting full responsibility for his yes. part in the situation. Yes, exactly. Because it, it's the mistake of, I did something wrong, and how do I correct it? Right. That's a full-ass apology. That, yes, that's full circle. Yeah. And again, I'm just like, why are we over... We get too caught up in, I want to be hurt. Okay, that's fine, but now we're trying to fix it? So what can we do to fix it? It's saying, I hurt you, how can I help? And it's like, well, but you hurt me here. It's like, I see that I hurt you there. I see that, how can I help? Right. It's like, no, but you hurt me here. It's like, hmm. We, we have to move past that. I see that right there. Mm -hmm. You know, and then, you know, so, and again, I'm always trying to think, black man, what, what, what has happened? Because, and I said this before in a previous video, black men and black women mm -hmm. experience racism differently. Yes. Because that gender lay, you know. And even when the Republican and the Democrat Party, like when they switched, you know, there was hope that the black men would come back to the Republican Party because of economics. Right. right. And I feel like every man wants to provide for their family. They do. So... Republicans had the opportunity to present an economic plan that would speak to the black men. We're gonna pause right there. Yeah.